everybody. Welcome back to the Cyprian Francis Show. I'm your host, Cyprian Francis, and this is the show where we talk all things media, marketing, and film. And today I have a very special guest with me to talk about a new book that he just launched that I thought was very, very interesting, but also to talk about some of the cool things that, that he's doing because he's an LA guy, he's a tech guy, he's a music guy, he's an entrepreneur, and he, he has a, a, a good vibe that I rock with that I wanted to learn more about, share the story, and see if we could, you know, collab and, and, and help the world grow. So, uh, Ish Verdusco, thank you for joining me here today. Hey, man, thank you for having me. And the name of your book is How Successful People Get Ish Done, a mm-hmm. seven-step framework to achieve your goals. Um, this is now uh, available on Amazon, yes? Correct. Yeah, it's on Amazon. Uh, digital and paperback, right? Yep, that's right. And um, the way that I came a- a- across this was um, you follow the, the group chat or group pod chat podcast or, or you know, some combination of that and on their social media you get involved and i basically stumbled upon your page and i was like man this guy's doing some cool stuff um i learned more about your story and then you started promoting the book and i was like all right let's see if i can get you on my little podcast that i'm trying to grow (laughs) right (laughs) and uh we could talk about it but before we talk about the book um i had a chance to learn more about your backstory where you're from and it was something that i could relate with and so why don't we start there? Who cool. is Ish? Where does Ish come from? How did Ish grow to become this person that's trying to empower others? Um, yeah, and what's that story like? Because it's probably a pretty good one. Yeah, of course. So, hey, everybody. My name is Ish Verdusco. Um, I am born and raised in Los Angeles and all throughout Southern California. Um, Mexican-American. So, my grandparents were born in Mexico. They came over here, like, I don't know, 50 years ago or so. And... Uh, I like, I'll give you like an overview of kind of like who I am and how I got to where I am right now. So by the time I hit high school, I had moved, I think 11 different times. So growing up, we were always like moving around, you know, my parents had me at a young age. I think my mom was like 19 when she had me. So we, we lived in like the cuts of LA and she just wanted to like basically upward mobility. She wanted to like move into nicer areas so I could go to nicer schools and not end up doing gangs, drugs, violence, all that stuff. Um, so we ended up moving a lot. I was always a new kid on the block, always having to introduce myself, always being like the, the person all by himself trying to figure out where, what friend, friend group do I like fit in. Um, now looking back at that, I'm grateful because it made me super sociable. Now I can like be a chameleon in any room. I can blend in tech. I can blend in like these other different entertainment, all that stuff. Um, but went to high school in the Inland Empire and on uh, Etiwanda High School, which is in Rancho Bucamanga. Um, I went to college at a small school called UC Merced. It's in the Central Valley, the middle of California. Um, really new school. Like we were basically the new kids on the block. It's a part of the UC system, but a lot of other UC students would clown on us. And they would say like, you guys go to the reject UC, you guys go to a whack school, you guys, your school's not even like a real college, you know? And UC so, is University of California, right? Correct. So it's like okay. UC, UC Berkeley, there's UCLA, UC Santa Cruz and all that. UC Merced is like the newest school. Uh, that was made in like the past 15 years or so. And so went to college there, graduated, super involved at UC Merced. I like did the school's uh, concerts. I did the huge events, the festivals. I planned all that stuff. That's how you um, got into music. That's where your music bug kind of kicked in. 
kind of. By that time, I was already DJing like four times a week. Um, I learned how to DJ in high school. When I got to college, I basically saw like an opportunity to 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 bring entertainment to the school. The school's in the middle of nowhere. You know, it's like in it's like in Caltown, basically, very small city, um, and there was there was no nightlife. So I, I basically started DJing. <laughs> uh like three times a week four times a week still going to classes then i started like figuring out how do i bring entertainment to the school like legally i guess without throwing mm -hmm. like illegal parties so then I, I got involved with the school and i figured out like hey there's a budget that they have for students that students pay for like why not just like do do it that route and ended up working my way up the chain by the time i was in my senior year I was like the lead for the school planning, like managing a budget of like $350,000 for like concerts and festivals and bringing artists like T-Pain and all that stuff to the school. Nice. So graduated. And then uh, I thought, you know, like being the person that I was super involved, had internships, had jobs. I thought I was going to be able to land a job easily. And I couldn't, like I applied to like 250 jobs or something like that and had to move it back in with my parents because nothing landed, you know, like put all your, pride aside and be like, all right, parents, I'm going to move in, you know, stay on the couch, stay in the extra room, whatever. And were whatever. you trying, were you trying to get a job in LA? Was there a specific, yeah, yeah, yeah so LA? I, I wanted to work at the Live Nations. So like Live Nations okay. of the world. Um, it was like entertainment and tech. So it was like LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook. And then there was also like Live Nation, Insomniac, all those, those companies as well. And nothing was landing. So I moved back in with my parents, landed a job at 24 Hour Fitness, um, the gym as an assistant mm -hmm. manager. And then realized like I wasn't really like I, I loved fitness and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to work there, but I wasn't happy with, with the job. I just felt like there was so much more that I could do so much more like that I had to offer. And so I just kept applying online, ended up finding a connection, like friend of a friend at LinkedIn who referred me in to work at, for a contract gig. Basically like you're not full-time, don't have full-time benefits, but you're coming in doing the job, doing the work on a day-to-day -day basis. And that's how I got into tech. And so, that's before Microsoft, right? That's before yeah, that's before we got, we got acquired, before the company got acquired by Microsoft. Um, and then while I was at LinkedIn, I was there for almost five years. I had three different jobs doing events, project management, social media marketing, and then went to work at Snapchat. And then now um, I'll be working at a startup called Crave It, which is a food and social startup. Imagine like if Instagram and, and Yelp had a baby and you can order food through that baby as well. You know, like yeah, that's, I was... I was looking at that and I was, I had some questions because I was like, oh, because of COVID and like the explosion of delivery, I was like, I, I don't really know the, understand the concept there, but there's a lot happening there where there's opportunity. And I was yeah. like, oh, this, it sounds like a company that's probably taking advantage of that. Exactly. And so you're, that's going to be launching soon, you said? Yeah, we'll be launching in San Francisco soon and then shortly after it'll be in LA. Very cool. So in, while that's, you know, ramping up, you decided to write a book. Right? Yeah. In the past, <laughs> in the past year, I, I decided to write a book. And for the people that are like listening or tuning into this show, they're probably like, all right, this motherfucker like wrote a book. Like what the heck? Like this, that's crazy. Like that was my men mentality. Like I didn't give you this context, but like growing up throughout school, I was never like the smartest kid in the room. Like I, I had the classes that I was good at. It was like math and like, I don't know, science, but like writing was absolute worst. I was like one of the worst performers in all of my classes like history because you had to do a lot of reading i didn't like it either so that was like one of the worst as well and so i never voluntarily read until my young adulthood when i was like in my 20s you know like when i was in high school i didn't read any of the books that we were supposed to read i would like find them on cliff notes and like okay. just sum summarize them 
like, or like pink, co- co- pink copy for friend yeah, yeah, yeah. Lucky or something like that yeah, I yeah. <laughs> so like i i wouldn't read and i wouldn't i wasn't in super invested in like reading books and like writing and i would just write my papers the day before or like figure out how to get the minimum grade that i needed to pass um and it wasn't until like i started working in tech and i started being around people that were like like so invested in their personal growth and like these are some smart ass people that go to like harvard and like stanford and they're reading books on their free time and it was just like mind-blowing to me like i never read a book because i because i wanted to and now these people are doing it because they're they genuinely want to you know and so i stumbled upon upon a book called uh smart cuts by shane snow okay. and the book the book basically outlines that uh the, the most successful people in the world a portion of them figure out that there's a quicker way to success and and it's basically like taking taking certain steps instead of the traditional route. You know, if the traditional route is working a job for 10 years and then you become an executive, there's another route. You could do this, get other leadership skills, show you have the credibility and do it in half the time. That's essentially what the book is. And I, I became fascinated with it. I was just like, holy shit, like there are, there's knowledge out there that I can read that I actually am interested in. This is dope. And so that point on, I went down to like a rampage of just learning. And for me, it was weird because I, I enjoyed learning to a certain extent, but not in like reading form. Like that, I was like the math kid, you know? And I got to a point one day where I was like doing all of this learning, like like weekly I was finishing a book, listening to podcasts like three times a day, morning, afternoon, gym. Like I was like documentaries, autobiographies, like going through, a t- like the book is 930 hours of research summarized. So that just puts it into perspective. And then I got to a point where I was like, I felt guilty. I was like, why do, why don't more of my friends and family, like my people, why don't they like do more of this like mm-hmm. personal growth and self-help and self-development? And I was like, why? Like they they got the time they're on Instagram. They're like, they're watching Netflix. Like why? There has to be a reason why. When you say people, are you talking about our generation? Are you talking about uh, the Latino community, the diverse I think- I think just like underrepresented community and as a whole, you know, like uh, a lot of my friends are black. Like a lot of my friends come from the Asian community. Like I'm Latino as well. And I, and I noticed that like in my friend groups and in my family groups, self-development isn't like a thing. And it has never been like a, a thing, you know, like working in tech, I realized all these other people are like on, they do it on a regular basis. You know, it's like they listen to the podcast in the morning, they read a book in the afternoon and like, it's all growth. And then I started thinking about like, why? What's the reason behind it? And then when I took two steps back and I looked at all of the content that I was learning from, I realized that most of the people that, that, uh, that were like the authors of those books and, and like authors of that content did not come from diverse backgrounds. You know, like a lot of them were like wealthier white men from more privileged backgrounds. And I started to dig into more of the content and I was like, oh, some of these references don't really hit home with the diverse audience, you know, like they might, they might reference music, but it's not really like the music that we listen to. They might reference like something random, but it's not necessarily like culturally spot on. And so I started thinking about it. I'm like, well, I've learned a lot from all these books and all this content. Like it would be pretty dope if I just summarized this, like all of my learnings in, in like one book or like a podcast or documentary or something. And then I started thinking about it more like, no, it has to be a book because a book is timeless. Like I can hand somebody a book 
And if they don't read it for the next five years, it'll still be there in five years. Whereas like, we don't know about these social platforms. They come and go, mm-hmm. put something on the internet once, a blog post up once, people might read it once, but it, it's not as impactful. And, and do, you, do you think that the information is timeless given that so much is changing so fast? Because I'm yeah. sure you probably, cha- you probably wrote majority of this before COVID happened, right? right? And I time, I time stamped it too. So I started writing a lot of it like six months before COVID. And then I finished it during like lockdown, like the, the heat of lockdown. Um, the framework is timeless. The framework works for anybody from any industry, from any era. Some of the references, like I reference a lot about Kobe Bryant. He's like one of the people that I looked up to growing up. That's going to still be timeless. You know, he's going to be a legend forever. So I, I didn't reference things like, I, I tried to not reference things that are going to be like a fad, basically. That's great. Um, and then it's, it, when you say seven-step framework, right, is, is that, that's like a combination of habits or rituals or mm-hmm. mindsets, right? Yeah, I can run you through the seven steps. Um, that way the listeners get a real good idea of uh, – what the book is and if they would be interested in checking it out. So the seven step framework, it's, it seems very simple, but when put together, that's when it's most impactful. And when I was like studying all of these people, I started realizing after like, after listening to a hundred different podcast episodes from a hundred different of like the top successful people in their industries, you notice a lot of trends and you're like, Whoa, they all do that one thing or they all do this or they all act a certain way or they, they think of things a certain way. And then, so I try to develop the, or like if these, if a lot of them like do like work out, a lot of them do meditation, a lot of them do whatever, what's the theme? And the theme there is like building great habits, you know? So the seven step framework that I, that I developed is the first one is uh, something that's called self-concept and it's a psychological term. So when you, uh, when you think of successful people, a lot of people think of like that person is successful because they are so self-aware like we always use this term self-aware, self-aware, and self-aware. And that's the wrong term that we're using because self-awareness as a term is defined as being able to identify who you are when you look in the mirror. When you look in the camera and you say like, I know who that person is. Like that is, you're, you're aware enough to know who that person is. And so when I was trying to like unpackage that and say like, okay, well, the definition of why these people are successful is self-aware. How do I get more self-aware? And I couldn't figure out the answer. And I ended up finding this term, which is self-concepts. And what that means is like defining who you are. Who were you in the past? Who are you right now? And who can you be in the future? And breaking it down very, very uh, critically. So like asking yourself a shit ton of questions. What do I like to eat? When do I do my best work? When am I most creative? What do I hate doing? What do I love doing? Why do I hate doing that? Why do I love doing that? Like very specific questions that we all like think, but we don't really ask ourselves and write them down. And then what you basically come up with is like you use yourself as a science experiment and you like really analyze yourself so that whenever you're uh, in your day-to-day interactions, you know, and you can pull from stuff that you've already thought about when building your, your framework and your habits and all that. So that's breaking down who you are. Step one. Step two is game changers. So that's the habits, rituals, and routines that you use on a daily basis. I break them down. What is each of them? What's the science behind all of them? How do you use them to your advantage? Um, and how they work together. What is the habit? How do you develop a ritual? And what is a routine as in general? And when you do that first step of understanding who you are, then 
building your your routine is a lot easier because you understand like I'm more creative in the mornings. I'm more creative at night. I get my energy midday. After I work out, I'm I'm clearly like I can think more clearly. So I should probably schedule my podcast interviews after I work out. Like you're able to do that that level of granularity. Three is a term that I defined as compound learning. When I studied all these successful people, I had a really difficult time of describing what it is that they did in a term. And essentially, is a、uh, these successful people use the world as their oyster when they're trying to achieve a goal. So, like every interaction that they have with the person, they're 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 like downloading bits of information off of you. You're good at one. You're good at one thing, and they're not good at they're not good at like they're not like little things, little things. But with the eye for their goal, if their goal is X, and you're good at your marketing or whatever it is, they're gonna like either ask questions or download bits of information and how you how you interact, how you pitch, so that next time when they're in the in the future, they can use that information, and that information compounds. You know, you get better, you interact with more people, and then it just like you get smarter and smarter and smarter. Four is deliberate work and deliberate practice. Just because you're working doesn't mean you're like making success and growing. You could be running in circles because you're not really doing things the right way. If you're swinging a bat and you're swinging it the wrong way, then you're just going to hurt yourself in the long run. You're not getting any better. Shooting a basketball, same thing. Writing, same thing. So that's four. Five is self-talk, ego, and confidence. I break down what ego is and demystify that it's not necessarily bad to have an ego. And all the, all the most successful people have an ego. Where things turn bad is when people have too big of an ego and they let it take over themselves. Steve Jobs is a great example. Steve Jobs was one of the best people at what he did, but he was mean to people and he was a dick to people. Like that, you can't get to that level. But when you look at people like Dwayne the Rock Johnson, he's one of the most、uh, charismatic people in the world. But if you really look at him, he has a huge ego. He's like, I'm the Rock, you know, like this is who I am, like Terramati Tequila, like that's that's ego to a certain level. But you need to have that in order to have like the boost of confidence and like it's basically the mindset of like no matter what happens, like I'm gonna be okay. Like I can push through anything. Like that's that's a little bit of ego, you know, and that is okay. And I basically talk about that self talk affirmations, and I share about my story throughout the entire book too. So I give myself as personal examples as I pull from data. Six is、uh, I had to include it is goal setting and goal executing. So. If you're trying to achieve a goal, do you know how to frame the goal? Is the goal too big, too small? Like, what are the steps you need to take to get there, and、uh, how do you execute properly? And then the seventh chapter, which kind of brings it together, or the seventh part of the framework, is、uh, support groups. So these are the people, the mentors, the coaches, the managers, the, the friend groups, the online groups, the Twitter chats, the text chats, the Facebook groups, Instagram, like all that, and like developing this like ecosphere. Of people and and doing it with intent, you know. Like if I'm an entrepreneur and I'm trying to make it in the marketing world, then I should probably join like 15 different groups online of people that are like-minded. I should probably get in a couple of text groups of people that are going to be like pushing me when shit hits the fan. When I hit those low moments, I got to be like surrounded by people that are going to be uplifting, not be like throw dirt in my face and be like, "Yeah, I told you, fool. You couldn't have done it," you know. And and the funny thing is. We all have those people in our lives that we can't get rid of, whether it's our family members, whether it's our parents, whether it's a cousin, an aunt, uncle. But what I've learned from successful people and what they do is, in those situations, they either do one or two things. They limit their time and interaction with them. So they say, like, I'll give you this time 
and that's the time and that's it after that blocked you know or they take the lead and navigate the conversation so if you're always with that one aunt or one uncle that's always nagging and talking shit about that one cousin or one whatever then what they'll do is in, before they start talking shit they'll be like hey Thea or whatever like how are you doing with that house i know you're trying to buy a house and, and they lead the conversation but they do it with the compound learning in mind so if they, they drive the conversation so that they can learn something from that person instead of having them talk shit that they could then use in the future. It's know? like, it's like when you meet a person and you're like, wow, this person is very, very smart. They're smart because in their mind, before they have these interactions, they're taking all this knowledge from yeah. situations, from conversations, and they're, they're, you know, enforcing it into the conversation. Exactly. Um, the one thing that really stood, stood out to me in, in, in the, the seven framework is the compound learning, right? And then you, 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 put, you have this like little diagram that you put on the site that's like the 25-minute hack. Yep. And, and I, this, this really resonated with me except for one thing, right? And mm-hmm. so um, it's, it's on Instagram, right? And mm-hmm. so I would replace, and I don't know if you feel the same way, but this is something that I've, I've, been, I've learned over the past couple of weeks and that I think that a lot of the, the world doesn't agree with. But instead of Instagram, I would put TikTok, right? Mm. And the reason that I say TikTok is I have learned so much yeah, in, that's a good point. in videos that are a minute or less about so many things that are relevant to my industry. And like what, what's amazing is that there's these – there's gurus and leaders in very specific niches like like taxes or uh, lawyers or so, Facebook ads or drop yeah. shipping. And they all make these little videos where they talk about their tools and they talk about like hacks and stuff. And so I've started, <clears throat> I think I might have just naturally implemented this 25 minute hack, yeah. but into TikTok and I'll literally yep. scroll and when I learn something, I like add it to my Slack channel and I'm yeah, like, yeah. I might, I might need this later. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> so, so I'll, uh, I'll, I a hundred percent agree. And for, for that 25 minute hack, I use social media as like an example of like, here's what not to do because 99% of like the population uses social media as like a brain dump. Like here, I'm going to go to this and just mindlessly scroll for two hours a day. Most people do that. I think the smartest people use social media as a tool. I try to use it as a tool, a tool to network, a tool to share my message and a tool to learn. Like recently Twitter has been my TikTok. Exactly what you said. I've been using Twitter to like connect with marketers, like learn entrepreneurs, venture capitalists. Like it's been dope. My bookmarks have been insane. Every day I bookmark like 10 things and I'm like, I'm going to come back to this. I'm going to need this threads, all that. But most people, they go to it to see drama. Like what's the, what's the latest fad? Like who's talking shit about who? who looks fat on Instagram, like that they use it negatively. And that's just like detrimental to not only your mental health, but like your time. If that's, if you're working 10 hours a day and you're sleeping for eight hours a night and you're on Instagram for three hours, just like mindlessly scrolling, then no shit, no wonder why you don't have time. And then you complain about how like, oh, I wish I had more time to work on my hustle. It's like, you do, you know? And, And I wanted to point that out. Like the stat that I include there is like most people are spending a lot of time on social media doing the wrong things. And, and, and like, that's not, I don't want to like downplay people. If, if you want to use social media to unplug, some of us use Netflix. Some of us like do other things, hang out with people. That's cool. Uh, but I just want to point out, like be mindful of like the time because it can be extremely addictive. When you go down that path of just like that mindless scroll, 
then it, it's just like deadly. Yeah, and I mean, I I I think I followed you on TikTok, right? So uh, uh, so maybe hit me with the follow back. But I've been hey. trying I've been trying to um, create some content. It's a little different. Cool. It's a unique unique little platform. But I dig the whole Twitter thing because yep. there are a lot of important people that use Twitter daily, and it's not only great for the knowledge, but it's also great for the networking. Yep. Uh, for example, this conversation. Um, so I, I kind of want to run through. So you said you did uh, 930 30. hours of research. And I just want to yep. run through some of the names of the people so that people that are watching this or potentially thinking about purchasing or reading the book know, you know, who you analyze. Um, yep. Some of my favorites, right? Michael Jordan, right? I don't know if you saw the re most recent documentary, but that's yep. like a great example of, you know, staying focused trying to be the best. He kind of falls in that ego, right? Where he was yep. kind of a dick to people, but he was best. also, but he also <laughs> backed it up. Right. So yeah, like there's exactly. certain people that, that are that way, but also if it comes, push comes to shove, they'll go and they'll do the, do the, do the work themselves. I, I always exactly. think of Elon Musk in that sense. Like he always asks people to do these very difficult things. And he's just like, you know what, if you don't do it, I'll fucking I'll do, do it. it. Right. Yeah. And I'm and listening like, to his book right now, too, by the way. It's really good. It's like it breaks down his entire story. I, then I'm going to have to check that out. Um, there's also, what else? Some of, some of these people I don't recognize, but maybe I'll get to know them. But like Bill Gates, um, uh, Huffing, uh, uh, Huffington, Ariana. Yeah, Ariana yeah, Ariana Huffington. Huffington, Trevor Noah, Oprah Winfrey, uh, The Wolf of Wall Street, right? There's probably some yeah. interesting learnings there. Kobe. Yeah. Gary Vaynerchuk, Dr. Dre, Allen Iverson, uh, Vanessa Williams, the uh, Microsoft CEO, Tony Robbins. Yep. Um, so, so that's, I mean, you know, if you want a summary of all these stories, then, then you got to check out the book. Yep. Um, and then is there any, any, any final parting words, any, any advice that you want to, you want to, you know, people take away from this, knowing that, a lot of the, you know, the, the world is changing fast. Is, is mm -hmm. Any of this can be applied to what people are going through right now? Yeah, I think 100%. Probably like what can be applied to right now most is uh, like either chapter one or chapter two. So like understanding who you are. Like there's, there's a lot of restrictions to what we can do right now, right? We can't be out in the club. We can't be doing our normal life. So in a, in a sense, we have a lot of time back. So like being able to use some of that time to like, literally sit down, not have a phone, piece of paper out and like analyze who you have been in the past. From zero to 10, what were some of your habits? What did you like doing? What did you gravitate towards? What did you hate doing? Ask your parents, your grandparents, your aunts, uncles, because you start to notice trends in your life. Like when I did this exercise myself, I realized like, shit, since I was 10 years old, I've always liked to like market and I've always been a hustler. I've always liked to sell. I used to sell food on the corner of the street at my grandma's house. I used to sell shoes at the swap meet my mom. My mom's always been an entrepreneur. So that's where you start to like analyze your pieces of your life that on a normal basis, you just like go, go, go. You don't take time to like reflect and look back. So like taking some time to like really understand who you are, who you have been, your likes, your dislikes, why you've done certain things in your life. Have you done them because you genuinely wanted to or because you thought it was a cool thing to do because your friends did, it, you know? So taking some time to do that. And then the chapter two is anybody can do this. It's like, you want to get to a certain goal, but you know that every single day you're spending time wasting it. 
like outline what do you do on a daily basis from the time you wake up to the time you go to sleep. Anybody can do that. And then just start being a little bit more strict. I was like, all right, well, 25 minutes a day after, after dinner, I'm going to spend it reading a book, watching a documentary, listening to this podcast, you know? Um, and I think those, I, those two things for sure. And then I, I love the compound learning concept. Like I, I preach it naturally. And yeah. I think, you know, given the, 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 the era that we're in, you can learn in on the go in real time yeah. off your phone, you know? And so adding those pieces of knowledge um, throughout, you know, your, your days and being efficient with it. Um, and then applying them to the things that do work for you, right? Like exactly. framework one, and then what you like to do, because I think maybe I'm assuming, but a lot of the people that are successful are also very passionate about the things that they're successful in. And so it doesn't feel like work. Yeah, it doesn't right? It comes so easy because they want to do it. You know, that's why Elon Musk works so much because he loves, he like is obsessed with everything that he does. That's why he's the CEO of two companies, you know? <laughs> and, and it equates to a lot of dollars in the bank account, which, exactly. you know, that's like the, the greatest benefit of all the other things that come with it. Yep. Um, all right, Ish. Well, I appreciate you taking some time to, to talk today. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and add the links to your book, to your website, uh, to your social medias. You got, cool. you got a really good Twitter. You got a really good Instagram. I suggest everyone go follow. Um, and then, you know, I'll, I'll catch you in the, in the cloud. And then at some point when you're, when you're back around LA and things start to open up, maybe we'll run into each other and, you know, continue this conversation, share some of my network with you, et cetera. Cool. Um, you know, and help, help spread the good word. Yeah, man, when things open up and if everybody's listening too, when things open up, I plan on doing like a, a tour, like doing a, a bunch of parties. So I'll be doing some in San Francisco, the East Coast, LA, Chicago. Um, so yeah, I'll catch you. I'll catch you at a couple of those events. Yeah, let me know about Chicago. I still got a lot of hookups there. So Sounds good, man. All right, Ish. I appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your holiday weekend and uh, stay safe. Cool, bro. Thank you. All right. <laughs>